You're listening to How She Creates. I'm your host, Lauren Hooper. This podcast is for the curious, the wanderer and the wanderers, the playful and the joyful. Every week, we're going to explore how to design a life full of creativity and whimsy. Now let's get curious and go explore something. This interview is a part of the How She Creates Good series. In these interviews, I get to shine a light on women who are using art and their creativity to empower others, advocate for social justice, and bring healing to our beautiful world. This series serves to educate, bring attention to amazing organizations, and inspire you to use your creativity for good. Welcome to How She Creates. Today's episode is going to be a really fun one. We are going to talk about productivity and sustainability and creativity and all the good things that we love around here. Uh, My guest today is Danny. Danny, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm so excited to finally talk to you. I feel like we've been like flirting around the idea on Instagram for a long time. And you're one of my like favorite people to follow because you're also an expat and you do really cool things and you share like the most beautiful photos. Uh, So I'm excited to talk to you today. Will you give us a quick intro of who you are in case people don't know you? Sure. So my name is Danny Bruflat, kind of a hard last name to say, and I am the owner of Time is Honey. It's spelled like the herb time and honey, and it's kind of a play on the saying time is money. Um, And I design and sell organizational tools and products that hopefully improve people's lives. Yeah, I am really excited to dive into using the day planner myself. It is a really cool system and um, you're going to explain all about it. But I feel like it kind of encompasses everything that I've been like kind of personally trying to figure out and that we've talked a lot about here on the podcast with different morning routines and planning and productivity. So Um, I'm excited for people to learn more about that. Uh, But before we get into it, will you share with us your creative story and how you fell in love with creating and tell us uh, the different types of art forms that you enjoy doing? Sure. So I guess I grew up with a pretty creative upbringing. My family, I guess in general, is pretty creative. And I have uh, four siblings, two of which are were art majors in college, and they are quite a bit older than me. So I guess at a very young age, I saw them, you know, in the studio and creating and making all kinds of cool stuff and painting murals and all that. Um, For me, I guess I consider myself a little bit less gifted in the actual, like, you know, traditionally artistic sense. So I'm not great at painting. I suck at drawing, hand lettering, any of that, like not really my skill set. But when it comes like digital design and document design, which is what I kind of focus on, that is kind of where I shine, I guess. And because my brain works in kind of a systematic way, um, creating these organizational products comes really naturally to me. So that is kind of what my medium is, I guess, in Um, the art world is kind of creating documents and products. Yeah. And I will definitely even argue about your creativity because that's what we talk about all the time here is that everyone is creative. Um, I bet a lot of people have seen your work in Target. 
Yeah, so that's kind of a whole other topic, I guess. But for the last eight years, I've also worked as a consultant to large brands for their social media. And that has included, you know, their graphic design and product photography. Um, and yeah, currently I have some product photography for an all natural makeup brand called Well People. And it's in Target and Whole Foods across the US. So that, yeah, that is really cool. And you're right, I shouldn't discount my <laughs> creative skills entirely. Um, but I guess I just don't see myself as being super creative and kind of that more traditional um, sense of the, the word. <laughs> yeah, no, your photography is beautiful. That's one of the reasons I love to follow you. You are definitely like queen of the flat lay. And I love how, you know, minimal, but still beautiful that your photos are. Um, but yeah, that's the whole thing that we talk about, especially this season on the podcast is the non-traditional creative person and how everything that we do is an act of creativity, um, but it just may look different. And so society has told us like, oh, well, if you're not painting, then you're not creative. But like you were saying, creating these organization systems is a high, high level of creativity because for me, who, you know, I am a super creative person, my level of creating an organization system is a sticky note. Um, so the fact that you're able to put all these ideas together and create this system, I feel like you've, you have kind of the best of both worlds, um, as you've, as you've done this. Yeah, I think I would agree with that. Uh, so tell us what your creative process is like. So when you're going to sit down and design something, kind of walk us through the steps that you take from idea to finished product. So when an idea comes to me, I actually go back to basics, so pen and paper, and I'll kind of sketch out what the general idea is, whether it's um, an organizational page or some sort of design or something that I'm going to put up on my blog. I'll just kind of flesh the whole idea out on pen and paper to get kind of the layout. And then recently I've started creating kind of small micro type um, feedback groups on Facebook. So like a focus group, depending on what I'm designing to kind of create a group of people that can try it and give me feedback um, on these kind of early renditions of the design. And that's really great for me because I get to see how other people's brains work and maybe what works for them about the page and what doesn't, but then also kind of um, spin the idea off. So maybe it makes sense to make um, like a second rendition of the design that's kind of geared towards a different type of person and their work process and how their brain works. And so I've been finding these little focus groups really, really helpful. So I'll kind of put the nine in there, run with it, see what kind of feedback they have. And then from there, I decide if it's going to be a product that I'm going to sell through my Etsy shop, or if it's going to be something that I offer for free through my blog. Um, and then it's just kind of a matter of finalizing it and deciding what format it's going to be. So is it going to be a digital download? Is it going to be a print that they can purchase or a notepad or a planner or a file for the iPad or some other tablet? So it's kind of deciding what format is going to best suit this product, what seems most marketable, or if it's something that's going to be free, that's going to help drive traffic to my site. And then kind of going from there to making it a finished product. Yeah, I love how you offer those varied um, forms of digital and downloads and physical products because um, I am definitely a like 100% physical product person, but you watching you use GoodNotes and you do your daily planner is so intriguing to me. I've, I've never seen anyone use that, um, but I feel like I need to really dive more into that app because I think there's a lot of cool things that you can do with it. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting because I think people our age, we have 
still this very strong connection to paper and, you know, actual pen and paper and writing. And for a lot of us, the best way that we organize our thoughts. And it's, you know, for a lot of us also the best way we learn. But unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, that's kind of changing. And I think we might be among the last generations to like really feel this, excuse me, passion about paper. So it is really fun for me to kind of check out what digital planning and digital learning and digital organization and all of this kind of looks like, because I do kind of think that's the future. Yeah, I'm sad and excited about that. You know, I definitely don't want paper to go away. And there's so many studies about, you know, we remember things more when we write them down versus typing them. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see where that goes. And we're going to talk more about sustainability um, in a few minutes. But first, I want you to tell us about the daily page, what it is, how it came about. So I started designing the daily page back in 2010. So it kind of keeps blowing my mind that it's been almost a decade now. But I was in a really busy season of life. I had just started my first full-time job after grad school. I was planning my wedding, so we had just gotten engaged. I started writing for a local magazine. I had started my blog. (laughs) I just had kind of all these projects up in the air. And on top of that, felt like my health was hitting like a rock bottom. I wasn't taking care of myself mentally or physically. I was constantly exhausted. I had a lot of fatigue. And I finally like went, met with a doctor, started a better nutrition program, learning how to like feed myself and hydrate myself. And um, that kind of became a whole project of its own for anyone that's really kind of tried to completely revamp their you know, health and wellness. It can feel like a full-time job, figuring out how to feed yourself and making sure you're getting enough water and you're being active. And it just became a lot to juggle. And I felt like every planner... Uh, and organization process out there that I could find either focused completely on like fitness and nutrition, or it focused completely on what's my workday look like and kind of how productive do I need to be. And I couldn't find anything that kind of married the two things. And so I worked at the time at a publishing company. And so one day I was just like, all right, if I can't find it, I'm going to make it myself. And kind of the exact process that I said before, I got a piece of paper out, I sketched out what I wanted And then I was pretty familiar with Photoshop and InDesign um, because I had experience as an editor for a publication in college. And so I was like familiar enough to kind of dive back into that, create this page that I wanted. And then I think I basically printed out like a month's worth of them. And (laughs) I found this original design recently and it was heinous, Um, but it is just like the bones of what the daily page is today. And what it is, is a single page design that helps you prioritize everything throughout your day, including your work and your wellness all in one place. So it has space for your top three priorities of the day, um, your to-do list, your wellness goals, hydration, meal planning, events, uh, a great place for kind of a brain dump and taking notes, sharing your ideas, sketching things out. And the idea is just to really align your work and your wellness all in one place, get all of that stuff out of your head and onto paper. And it's proven to be invaluable for me throughout my entire career for the last decade as far as building a business, building a brand, um, and also just keeping my own mental and physical wellness at the top of that list of priorities. Yeah, I love how it really encompasses your whole day and your whole life um, in in right. the one page. I mean, that's the whole point of it. But um, it, it it's just so different from a normal planner for me when I look at it because you do have an entire 
piece of paper versus, you know, one column or one box for the day. So it's hard to jam everything in there. And so I've personally been, you know, experimenting with some different ways to organize my day. And I'm having to use, you know, a sticky note, a planner, an extra notebook, Mm -hmm. another notebook, you know, to, to do all the things that I want. But your planner puts all those things that I'm doing in one spot. Um, so I really, really love that. And, uh, um, people are obviously going to want to see this. So tell us really quickly what your Instagram is or maybe the daily page Instagram. So people can pop over if they like need a visual right now. Yeah. So if you want to see like exactly what the page looks like, you can go to daily page planner on Instagram. And then my handle is time like the herb underscore is underscore honey. Perfect. Yeah. And we'll have obviously pictures and links in the show notes, which are going to be at lauren-likes.com slash podcast. Um, and you know, link direct links to all of this. And, um, yeah, so it's just such a cool concept and I, I think it's so interesting. This is a little off topic, but not really. Um, how you said that you were struggling with your health and your wellness, and that really encouraged you to put all of this together and have a more holistic approach. And it's so interesting because we, I interviewed someone else who also, you know, was about our age, right out of college, had this big, you know, health drama happen. Um, I just think that's so interesting. I don't ever remember my mom or my parents or their friends talking about like health drama they had when they, you know, graduated and were young. And I think that's, do you think that's like, indicative of our generation? Like, where do you think that's coming from that we're having to prioritize that so much more? Well, I think it kind of stems from, you know, the, (laughs) this is going to sound so like uh, granola-y, but just the introduction of fast food and frozen food and quick meals, stuff like that kind of came out in the 80s. Uh, A lot of us that came to age in the 80s and 90s grew up on processed food. We ate almost entirely from cans and bags and boxes. And that also stemmed from a lot of us having suddenly two working parents. So um, I came from a two-parent working household and also a, a divorced household. And so it was kind of a combination of home-cooked meals and quick food. And also as children in the 80s and 90s, we were constantly being like forest-fed advertisements for processed food, right? And so I think it's really common that a lot of us grew up not really understanding nutrition, not understanding what we should be eating to really benefit our our bodies and our overall health. And for a lot of us, it took until we were in our early 20s to like just wake up and realize like everything I'm eating is not real food and I feel awful and I'm tired and I'm fatigued and I can't concentrate. And, you know, I'm thankful that I had that realization then because I think, I think there's a lot of us that are now in our thirties and are still kind of feeling that way and struggling to find that balance. And I think a lot of that struggle comes from the fact that as a modern society, we really prioritize work over wellness. And we see that in all facets of society. And that's kind of why For me, it was impossible to find a planner that aligned the two and why I had to make my own something that would put my wellness on that same priority level as my work, because it is just as important. You know, if you're not well, you're not going to work well. And what's the point then? That is that is so true and so wise. You may have noticed this also when I moved overseas. I couldn't buy boxes anymore. There was no like hamburger helper. There was no like pre-made, like I couldn't even get like a can Mm -hmm. of like cream of mushroom soup, you know? And so it did, I had to learn how to cook from 
essentially scratch, but really it wasn't. It was just cooking from real food. And that was a big, big change. And I noticed when I moved uh, to Korea was my, our first international move. I got so much healthier. I lost a ton of weight. I felt better. Um, and it is, it, it went back to a lot of the food and how things were processed and, and the difference in that. And I learned a lot about cooking, which was really helpful for my creativity. Um, but wow, that is, that is so true. And I love again, how this is bringing back the whole holisticness of, of the daily page. Yeah, I think I agree. There's such a big difference in food and food culture here. Yeah. As well. Yeah. Um, Cause did you say where you lived? I guess I didn't know. So I currently live in Copenhagen, Denmark, but originally from Minnesota. Yeah. Awesome. I know you guys should definitely go follow her if for nothing but her beautiful photos um, of her and her adorable puppy going and hanging out um, in Copenhagen. It's my favorite thing. It makes me so like jealous from wanting to take our puppy to go live in a beautiful European city. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, okay. So back on the daily page, talking about that and productivity, what would you say are your productivity struggles that you have or you had and how are you dealing with those? Uh, definitely a shiny objects person. <laughs> and I'm sure there's a lot of people listening who can relate to this, but I struggle with um, keeping my focus on like the task at hand. So it's easy for me to suddenly get a new idea. Maybe it's for a new design or just a blog post I want to write or a podcast episode or whatever it might be. And suddenly wanting to put like all of my time and attention into finishing that. So it's been important for me to kind of prioritize things and have a good system for filing away those new ideas and bringing them back up later when the timing is more appropriate and not allowing it to kind of derail my current project and goals. Yes. So can you tell us a little bit more about how the daily page is helping you do that? Yeah. So I utilize the daily page in conjunction with some digital tools, which I think is really important really important for balance in today's world, right? Having a paper planner with you all the time to like write events and to do items down. Isn't that realistic? I don't carry a notepad or a binder with me everywhere I go. And so I utilize Google calendars for, you know, scheduling my events. And then I use to do app from Microsoft. And this used to be called Wonderlist, And it was recently purchased by Microsoft. So it's now to do. And all it is, is like a to-do list app. And so I use Google Calendar for, you know, if I'm out and about and somebody makes a, a meeting request or wants to do coffee, I use the Google Calendar app on my phone to get that in there and schedule it. And then similar with the to-do app, if I have an idea or a project idea or whatever, I put it in to-do. Um, and so then every morning when I go to fill out the daily page, I actually pull up Google Calendar. I pull up the to-do app. They have a phone app and a desktop app. And I parse out the information from each of those onto the page for the day. So it kind of gives me more accountability with having to write them down, kind of making that hand-brain connection that you mentioned earlier. Um, but then it also forces me to kind of prioritize what projects I'm working on every single morning. And it gives me that place to put those like shiny ob object things that might be distracting me into to-do. I can set a, a reminder for them. I can set a goal date for them or a deadline for them, sorry. And it just gives me a place to like store them. So I'm not like panicked that I'm never going to do them or I'm going to forget about them, but they're not distracting me out of the moment right now. 
And so it's kind of that process of having like that digital space to store stuff, but then the paper planner to kind of extract it, put it on paper for the day so that I'm not pulled into all of these digital spaces, kind of taking me out of my work zone throughout the day, you know, popping in and out of Google Calendar, popping in and out of the to-do list app. The things I need to focus on today are on that piece of paper in front of me. And I just kind of work my way through that checklist. That is so helpful to hear. I love hearing how people organize their day. And even though, you know, in general, in like theory, that sounds really boring, but I think it's super helpful for people like me and others who struggle to stay organized to hear exactly how you are setting that up. So thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. Uh, So what would you say are your productivity superpowers? (laughs) Well, I mean, in general, I'm a pretty goal-focused and organized person, but when it comes to feeling like I have a superpower of any sort, I would say it's kind of an ability to just like let things roll off my back. Whether it's like a crappy message on social media, whatever, I kind of have the ability to let things just roll off me. I don't really like wallow in them or let it drag me down. And I know that this is not something that is easy for everybody. Some people might get a bad review on their product or a bad message and it can kind of bury you for days. This is like something that I feel lucky that I kind of just have this ability to like not care. And I can't really tell you what it is or how you can develop it. Um, But I feel like that has been a superpower for me productivity wise, because, you know, I just keep moving forward. I can put blinders on and whether this is a good thing or bad thing, maybe sometimes it makes me seem insensitive (laughs) to some degree, But I think in business, it's really important to be kind of fearless and to take big risks. And this is something that has given me that ability. Like I'll try new things. I'll launch a product. I will write that blog post, even if it's an uncomfortable one. I will be outspoken on social media, whether it's about politics or otherwise, um, because the criticism just doesn't really get to me. That's amazing. I currently have a comment that I am um, mulling over how to respond to. So I <laughs> wish I, I wish I could send that one to you. Yeah. When you, when we were setting up this podcast, you emailed me and you're like, Hey, can we do this? And then you're like, sorry if this is Kurt. And I was like, what? This is not Kurt at all. That was super helpful and direct and to the point and very exactly what I asked you for. Um, you know, so don't apologize for that. That was, I feel like I need more of that ability to be like, Hey, can we do this? What about, you know, uh, because that is definitely my struggle, you know, always ending things with a question mark. Well, maybe if you want to, we could. Um, so I think that is super, super helpful. And you're right. I do see that as a huge productivity superpower. Uh, because like I said, with me, I'm like, well, maybe we could do this, you know. And then, you know, it's this whole long conversation instead of just of like, hey, this is what needs to be done. And then it, it moves on from there. And so I, I feel like I personally leave a lot of gap for, you know, time to slow down my process. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm really impressed by, by that. So what are some of your tips that you have for us so that we can be more productive, especially as creative people who can sometimes get slowed down and do get bogged down in those shiny object syndromes really easily? Yeah. Okay. So I have two. And the first one is very short because I think we'll talk about it a little bit more later. But hydration, so making sure drinking enough water, and I can't really stress this enough for people who are creative and using their brain all day, but our brain is like 70 some percent water. And so if you're dehydrated, that's not good. Um, So first and foremost, hydrate, and I'll leave it at that. And number two is 
a ritual of mine that I really, really love. And so every night when I kind of finish my work at the end of the day, my process is to go through the daily page, check off the things I completed. Um, anything I missed, I move on to the page for the next day. And I like the process of kind of starting to fill out tomorrow's daily page the day before because it gets all that stuff out of my head. It helps me start kind of thinking about the day ahead of me. And it also just relieves stress and helps me sleep better, which sleep is also very important for us. But the part of this that I have really found valuable over the years is that I actually focus on not so much the things I have to tackle the next day, you know, the projects I have to get done. But that night before I start spending more time thinking about what are the things that I want to do tomorrow? Like if I get all my work done tomorrow, what are the things that I'm going to get to do? You know, am I going to get to paint for fun? Can I go sit by the canal and read? Can I go sit out at a sidewalk coffee shop? Can I take the dog to the park? Can I read a book? You know, what are these things that I can do if I get all the important stuff done? Or what can I prioritize and make time for? And those are the things that I love to write down the night before. You know, tomorrow I want to paint all afternoon. And I find that that you know, makes me happy at the end of the day, but it also helps me wake up in the morning and just be like, okay, I want to get up. I want to get going because I want that time this afternoon to relax at the park. And I've just really found that over the years that has kept me like up, moving, motivated, and continuously moving forward in the stuff that I want to accomplish. I love that so much. It's like, you know, rewarding yourself for doing your work. Exactly. That is that's an amazing tip. I'm going to, I'm going to try that. Um, and again, I just love how focused you are on, um, holistic wellness and, and how that, um, interacts with our productivity. And so we'll definitely also have a link to your new Instagram account, um, about hydrating. That's really fun. Yeah. Thank you. I love how much traction that's gotten just in, I mean, I think I started it like six weeks ago or something and it's up to already 1200 followers. So it's proof that everybody needs to drink water and should drink water. That's awesome. Wow. Yeah. It, it is good. It is really fun. I do love it when it pops up in my feed. And by the time this comes out, my post should have gone up on there that you made from a joke I made. So <laughs> Yes, it will. I think it's scheduled for tomorrow. So indeed it will. <laughs> awesome. I'm going to link to that because it's ridiculous. Um, should I maybe just say what that is so people know what we're even talking about? <laughs> Like, oh, maybe. Like, yeah. Just randomly, because I am really passionate about hydration in case you can't tell. But I, in August, made an Instagram account called Hey, You Drink Water. And all it is is like scheduled posts that just say like drink water. Um, and then there's like little jokes and too many pictures of Ryan Gosling and other stuff. And all it is is like a way to like sneak reminders into your feed. So like while you're naturally like wasting time scrolling Instagram or whatever, it's like just that little reminder to like, just have a little bit of water and like you need to chug water. You don't need to drink a gallon of it. It's like, just drink some water, drink a little water. It's like notes from the universe water edition. Yes. <laughs> yes. So tell us how you are creating good with the daily page planner. Okay, I might get a little wordy on this one, so feel free to kind of cut me off, but this is like the part of the planner that I'm super, super passionate about. So I used to work in publishing, and the company that I worked for produced an annual uh, calendar, almanac, and planner. And so I would see firsthand how much waste was produced by this industry, because as soon as the clock strikes midnight on New Year's Eve, these products start to expire and lose their value. And so when I was working there, when March would kind of roll around, we were discounting the items because they were losing value. And by April or May, we were hauling them out to the garbage, taking them to a recycling center or whatever. So there was all this waste produced 
throughout this industry. And that was kind of difficult for me because ever since I first designed the daily page 10 years ago, the dream for me has been to have it in this beautiful spiral bound format that, you know, everything was organized there. There were calendars involved. It was a legitimate planner. But over the years, as I've kind of gone on this journey to sustainability, which I think is like a whole nother podcast episode, um, but in a nutshell have downsized, you know, we don't own cars anymore. We live in 700 square feet. We live in a very eco-conscious way as much as possible. That became at odds with this dream that I had to create a planner because I knew it in general is a wasteful product. And so for a lot of years, that kind of delayed me in creating it because it was just at odds with where my morals were and where I was moving in kind of my life. And finally, after moving to Europe, um, had more, I guess, time and um, exposure to the world of sustainability and creating sustainable products. And so over the last 18 months, I've spent a lot of time in thinking about the planner and how to create a planner that can be eco-conscious and sustainable. And so with the Daily Page Planner, there are three main elements of sustainability. Um, The first is that paper is a renewable, uh, eco-friendly resource, as long as we renew it. So that means planting trees. So for every planner that's purchased, we plant a tree and I've partnered with One Tree Planted to make that a reality. And they're a really great organization to work with. The other way is that the planner is entirely recyclable. So when you see the, the design, you'll see it's it's not flashy. It's not covered in um, paint and flowers and swirly font and clip art and all of this. It doesn't have some big fancy cover. It has a really simple brown craft chipboard cover. The interior pages are black and white. And for me, I think for creatives like your audience, I, I really love this because it doesn't distract from you know what I want to do. I get to add all the creative elements to the planner myself um, versus planners that can be very full of, you know, motivational quotes and clip art and swirly fonts and all of this stuff. So it's very simple, but that also comes into the the sustainability aspect. So it doesn't have any plastic or glossy type coatings. So the entire planner can be recycled, which is important to me. Um, The other element of it is that it's dateless which I know a lot of people are going to hear the word dateless and planner and be like, I don't even understand like how that works. Um, But the important thing here is that having it be a dateless design makes the planner um, universal. So you can customize how the planner is laid out. So basically the calendar pages just have a grid for you. So a seven by six grid. So you fill in the dates, which means you can start and stop the planner anytime throughout the year. It doesn't have to be January to January. It also means you can take a month off. So if you know you have a sabbatical coming up or you're going to be on maternity leave for three months or whatever it might be, you can take those months off and you're not wasting paper. You can jump right back in. It also means it's universal for the entire planet. So most of the planet, as you know, outside of the U.S. starts their week on Monday in a calendar. The U.S. goes Sunday through Saturday. Um, So this makes it universal globally for people to format it the way that they want. Um, But this also means that it's evergreen, so it doesn't expire. So this doesn't become a product of waste as the months go on throughout the year. Um, It's just evergreen and universal, which I love. And then the other way that I've kind of folded sustainability into my business and my products is also just creating an entirely digital version of the planner. And this is a little bit different than the actual physical paper planner, but I also designed a digital planner that you can use on your iPad or tablet in the GoodNotes app or other digital planning apps. So, you know, the idea of the iPad and the sustainable sustainability and morals behind the iPad, I guess, are a completely different topic also. 
Um, but it does reduce paper usage. And so it is another way to kind of um, bring my products to life with kind of reducing the impact on the environment. So those are the main ways that the daily page is sustainable is the planting of a tree, having the entire design be recyclable and also the dateless element. I am so excited to get my hands on this physical version of it. Um, So how many days does it cover? So it's a six month planner. So it has six full double page calendars at the front and then a pretty like thick dividing page. And then um, I think it's like 187 full page spreads of the daily page. So enough to cover a six month period, which is also an element of it that I really like because I had just recently read a book by Atul Gawande called The Checklist Manifesto, which I really loved. And I was kind of finishing that right as I was finishing the planner design. And originally was going to go into it being a 12 month planner. But something that was really important to me was to have it be light and realistically be something that people would like be comfortable carrying around or putting in their bag. But when you're dealing with like a full page design and you want a full page for every single day, that becomes really (laughs) challenging because you're looking at at least 365 pages plus a calendar that's really thick. So I came to the conclusion of doing a six month planner. And the more I've thought about it over the last couple of months, the more I've really enjoyed it because the whole January to January thing is pretty arbitrary and also really like antiquated and old. A lot of things that we do in life don't really run on like a 12 month calendar or a January to January line. So I think it's kind of funny that we like smash ourselves in these boxes of productivity that have to like launch on January 1st and like end on December 31st. So I like that this just like opens us up, like what can you get done in six months? And like the answer is a lot, like you can completely revamp your health. You can design a product. You could launch a business. So I kind of like the idea of like, you get this planner, like when this thing is done and it is filled out, what do you want to say you accomplished? What do you want to say that you've changed? And it's a little bit smaller time frame to work with, maybe a little bit more digestible for some people. Um, so I just kind of, I love it. Like I know it's different and some people are going to have like a negative reaction to the idea because it's just something we're not used to, but I'm really excited to kind of see how people embrace it. You are absolutely speaking my language, and I totally agree that it it is more sustainable for me in in the idea of sustainability both ways because I don't live January to January. You know, we live on the school year calendar. We travel for like three months. We our weeks are Sunday to Thursday are our work days. You know, so nothing in a traditional planner fits my lifestyle. Or Mm -hmm. anyone's. I mean, are you really using, you know, your planner all weekend? So those are, you know, two pages you're losing every single week. Um, So I just, I love the flexibility of of this. Um, And yeah, that content structure of what the daily page actually looks like is so amazing. I like really hope people have like paused and looked at that really quickly. Um, So talking about paper and doing good, we're giant paper hoarders here. Um, as artists and creatives, we love all the paper. So what are a few sustainability tips for us as crafters that we can use to create more good on our planet through our paper use? I love this question so much because I think um, the art and creative community is such an important element to kind of environmental activism. And so a few ideas that I have and suggestions are, you know, again, I'll just reiterate that paper in general is a renewable resource. It just means we have to renew it. So planting trees or looking for products that plant trees, a great place to start. 
Another great way for artists would be to find another artist who maybe makes homemade paper because I know basically they're they are the people recycling paper and they make beautiful, beautiful products. So if whatever your art form is produces a lot of paper byproduct, whether it's little scraps or even pieces with like some paint or drawing or printing on them, artists who make paper, I'm not sure what they're technical, if they would be a um, fiber artist. Um, But these people that make homemade paper will take your old paper and can use it. And I'm pretty sure they're quite open to like the types and textures and sizes and colors and all of that. So try to find an artist you can maybe partner up with where you, you know, bring it to them if they're in your community or maybe like a local art studio that makes homemade paper, stuff like that. The other tip is to look for things that are FSC certified. And that stands for the, the Forest Stewardship Council. And for paper to get like that mark, that certification, it has to be sustainably and responsibly harvested. So that means, you know, practices that don't um, cause deforestation or displacement of people or animals. So this is a little trademark that you can look for on the paper products that you purchase. Other than that, just looking for notebooks and things that are produced using recycled material. And then I know that this is the audience to say this to, and I'm the person, I'm also this person who buys too many notebooks, but just thinking before you buy notebooks, like I'm sure we all have like six to 10 of them on our shelf right now that have little to no writing in them. And we all want like the prettiest, latest one that we've found. (laughs) So just kind of trying to reduce, you know, what goods you're bringing into your home if you don't actually need them. Those are such fantastic and spot on tips. I love the idea of working, partnering with a um, paper making artist. That is genius. Um, and we'll we'll have a link in the show notes to. I'm sure that FFC has FSC has a website that you can you can search and get more information on. So we'll put that in there because that's a great great tip that's super simple that we can do as artists. And you're right. It's so hard not to buy the beautiful new notebooks, especially when I go to, I go to Target one time a year. And oh my gosh, it's such a struggle. Yes, I know. It is so hard. <laughs> I love beautiful notebooks. I really do. I know. I know. But yeah. Yes. I do think also using something like the daily page planner will reduce the need for notebooks. Cause like I said, I'm currently using three or four at a time to just plan my day out. So I'm excited to be able to get my hands on it when it launches in December to, um, see if I can, you know, cull it all down to just that one. Notebook. Yes. Hopefully that's the idea. <laughs> yeah. Uh, So tell us, what is your biggest creative success that you have experienced? Okay, so it's hard for me not to say the washi tape Christmas tree that I once made and posted on my blog, because this was really funny because I'm not religious, but I made like a washi tape Christmas tree on our wall and basically divides this whole thing where we could hang all of our Christmas cards on it and this stupid post. And like, this is funny because I'm just like not religious at all, but this post went like viral, viral. I'm talking like hundreds of thousands of repins. It got mentioned on the Today Show. Like it is still the most pinned thing off my website. And I keep joking that like when I die, like my epitaph is just going to be like, she made the washi tape Christmas tree because <laughs> it's like the, the last <laughs> thing I want to be known for. And like the, this thing that went viral. So that is a joke. Um, obviously the the answer here would be the daily page. Um, you know, my, my Etsy shop just surpassed 11,000 sales last month and it was ranked as one of the top percent in the world and something that I couldn't even have imagined 10 years ago, I guess. 
Um, but just this one simple little design that was going to change my life and did change my life and became such an important element of my life and watching it evolve over the years. Like, like I said, going back and looking at the design I put together 10 years ago, and first made available on my blog for free and how poorly designed it was and how ugly it was and the margins were off and the font was terrible and watching it evolve over the years into this more refined product. And, you know, I've, I've changed it based on my own experience and feedback and I've taken a lot of feedback from my customers to heart to make new variations of it and continue improving upon it year after year. And just kind of seeing the constant evolution of this product that I designed um, has been like a very artistic, creative experience for me. And so I would say my biggest creative um, success is just the daily page, the, the idea behind it and the evolution of it over the years. Oh, that's so interesting that, you know, you talked about how it's changed and now, you know, you've got it like at such a good point and, you know, it's in print now. Do you feel like it will continue to evolve? I feel like that's the hardest thing for creatives. Once we make something, we're like, that's it. It's done. It's perfect. Um, but are you willing to to continue evolving it? Do you foresee that in the future? Definitely. And I have like a whole um, <laughs> a whole game plan inside this head of mine for where the daily page can go and what it can be. And so I guess we'll just have to wait and see. <laughs> oh, that's exciting. Okay. Um, so you don't hold super tightly to your designs. You're willing for them to evolve. That's not hard for you? No, not at all. So what would you say is your biggest creative struggle? Definitely that whole shiny objects thing, which I know a lot of people struggle with. Um, and just like staying focused on the task that's directly in front of me because I do get really inspired and especially with, you know, also working really intimately with social media, having, you know, popping into Pinterest and popping onto Instagram as part of my job and my livelihood. It is really easy for me to get distracted by what other people are doing or what other products people are developing. And, you know, you kind of just have to get those blinders on sometimes and, you know, stay in your lane and stay focused on the stuff that you really want to accomplish. So I definitely think, you know, it's a constant struggle, especially as, you know, our world becomes more and more complex and more and more distracting to just, you know, stay focused and stay working on the things that are really important to you. Oh, that's such a good point. You know, we do spend a lot of time as creatives on places like Pinterest and Instagram, and it's it's hard to to balance those out well with not getting distracted by new things or what other people are doing. Yes. Um, so what have you been learning creatively lately? Ooh, I love, love, love this question because I am a constant learner. Um, I love to tell people that I was a history major in college um, because it just has like, very little to do with like what I do now for the most part, um, which means I've had to pretty much teach myself, you know, graphic design, Photoshop, InDesign, Illustrator, photography, photo editing, everything. Um, and especially when you work online, I mean, don't you feel like you wake up every day and need to learn something new, whether it's, you know, how to send an email campaign or how to schedule your Instagram posts or how to set up a Facebook ad or whatever, you know, there's something we always have to be learning, right? Yes, absolutely. Yes. And so I feel like I'm always learning something new. There's always something on the table. I have really gotten into online classes recently. So I've been doing a lot of like illustration and hand lettering classes for like the iPad Pro through Skillshare. 
love Skillshare. And then with when I created the digital planner in August, I actually had to like basically learn every element of that from creating the pages to how to encode. So the digital planner is all interactive. So if you open up the calendar September and you click on the 10th of September, it'll automatically open up the daily page for the 10th of September. So I had to kind of learn how to, in a way, kind of program that entire thing with embedding these clickable actions and stuff into the PDF. And so that was kind of a whole process of learning. There's so many things to learn and then how to compress the file and how to create the the product itself and all of that. Um, But in general, just like constantly learning new skills, whether they're artistic or administrative, whatever for my business. Um, I mean, the internet is a magical place. I think Skillshare is pretty new to me, but for the most part in the first 10 years of self-employment, everything I learned was for free and on YouTube. Right. Same, same. I think that's why I, so I have changed jobs every three years, sometimes less than that always. And I mean, like to go with my pattern, I just changed jobs again this year and it was the three-year mark. Um, but I'm stuck a little more similar this time because I think the internet does provide me so much learning opportunity mm-hmm. that, like you said, every day I have to learn something new. And that's what I like about getting a new job is I like learning the new process. Um, so yeah, that's a that's a big one. And yeah, I, I love Skillshare. I've been taking classes with them for years. Um, they are, yeah, there's so It's a treasure trove and a great way to support other artists. It really is. And it's very inexpensive. It, it truly is. Um, so what is, oh, what is your morning routine? Oh my gosh. Do we have enough time for this? <laughs> I am a major <laughs> like creature of habit. And so my mornings are very ritualistic and almost always the exact same. So again, hydration. So when I wake up, I drink water, usually, you know, eight to 12 ounces um, while kind of getting my clothes on, getting ready to go out. So I have a dog. He obviously needs a walk every morning. So this is an easy routine for me to fall into. So I do a five minute, usually like an ab circuit right when I get up, get some clothes on, take Walter for a walk. Currently where we live, it's really conducive to kind of this really beautiful, big looping walk that kind of goes around one of the palaces in town and down down along the Copenhagen Harbor. And along there, there's this great spot that I like to stop where Walter can run around off leash and I can do like a five minute leg circuit. And this is about a 15 minute walk from our house. So do the five minute leg circuit, turn around, come home. So we've gotten like a 30 minute walk in. Usually during this time, I've listened to either a business or wellness or political podcast. So I've also kind of got my brain going. When I get back home, I try to get another 12 ounces of water in while I'm kind of getting ready for the day. And then I almost always every single day for the past couple years have started my morning with a sliced apple with sea salt. So like, have you kind of caught up caught onto this through my social media? Because I think people think it's really weird, I think. No, I definitely see you doing it. I don't think it's weird. Okay. Yeah. So one of the reasons for this is because um, hydration is obviously important. And one of the ways we hydrate is through drinking water. But actually, we also need to get water through the food that we eat. This is really important because it's actually a completely different form of water called gel water. And so if you've ever soaked chia seeds in water like overnight, they kind of become like that 
gelatinous mush. <laughs> this is like what gel water looks like. And this is how our bodies store water inside of our cells. And so you can actually drink a ton of water and not have your whole body be hydrated in a way that's actually benefiting you or benefiting your brain or having like those anti-aging type properties. And it's important that when you're going to drink water, you get like some good fiber and also a little bit of salt with it. And so this is one reason why I start my day with like an apple and a little bit of salt because it kind of primes my body for absorbing the water that I'm going to eat throughout the water that I'm going to drink throughout the day. So kind of priming me for hydration. So I start with like the salted apple. That's usually when I kind of start filling out the daily page. So while I'm having the apple, I'll pull up um, Google Calendar and the to-do list app and kind of parse out everything information wise that I need for my day. I have the daily page all filled out. And then just last week, I started adding one last element to my daily routine, which is three quick minutes of really deep breathing. And I find that this just kind of helps me like remove any kind of stress and anxiety that I'm kind of bringing to my desk in the morning so that I can just kind of get that out and then focus and churn out hopefully some really good work for the day. Yeah. And I think that you do a good job of sharing these things on Instagram. You know, almost every day you share your podcast recommendations of what you listen to. And uh, yeah, so you're a really good person to follow for podcast recommendations if people are <laughs> curious about that. Thanks. And that's like another um, tip I guess that I would have if you are a podcast person. I actually spend a couple minutes every night before I go to bed browsing the podcast I subscribe to and I pick out the one I'm going to watch in the morning. And I get up early. I like to get up at 5 a.m. And so when my alarm goes off at 5, it's really nice to be like, oh, God, I picked out that great podcast about XYZ or that interview with whoever. And I'm like really excited to get up and start listening to it. And it's an easy way for me to like get up and get out of bed versus hitting snooze. So that's another tip, too. If you if you struggle to get up in the morning or just to get up and get going, like try picking out a podcast that you're super excited about the night before. And if you have to, like even put your headphones right next to the bed. When that alarm goes off, like pop those headphones in, start that podcast. You know, you can have a couple minutes under the blankets that way. Get your brain woke up. Yes, you you have shared about that before and I have yeah. started doing that. And it is so much more helpful because when I go into the app, it's overwhelming mm -hmm. with how many new podcasts are out. Um, so that's a great one. You guys, if you're like, this is so much helpful information. Danny has an amazing podcast um, where she shares more bite-sized tips like this that um, – that'll be helpful for you. And so we're of course going to have links to all that. So we're down to our last three like speed round questions. What does living a creative lifestyle look like for you? In a nutshell, I think my soundbite here would be just creating things that have a positive impact on other people's lives and hopefully the planet. <laughs> oh, I love that. What is your favorite resource for creativity? So this is a hard one for me because I you know, I'm an avid reader. Obviously, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, I think if I had to like narrow it down, I would have to just say that like I feel the most creative and ready to create after spending time outside. And I think that that kind of aligns with all of this because my favorite thing to do is read outside. My favorite thing to do is go on a long walk and listen to a podcast. Uh, so I think it's like the element of all these different things that people find inspiring and added and, or combined with doing it outside. <laughs> Exactly. It's perfect. Um, and so what's new with you? What are, what can we be looking forward to from you? Cause it's, it's mid October right now. So what's going on? Right. So I just launched the daily page planner officially two weeks ago, I think, um, just yeah, a week and a half ago. So it's now available for pre-order. They'll arrive, uh, to customers in early December. 
And between now and December, I'll just be kind of focusing on sharing what the Daily Page Planner is about, what the system is like, what needs to kind of live the Daily Page Planner lifestyle. Once you purchase the planner, you have access to the private Facebook group where we kind of share like recipe ideas and keep each other accountable. There's hydration reminders, all of that, and kind of creating community around the planner. And then once the planners arrive in December, we're going to kind of hit the ground running. You'll have, you know, enough pages for six months. And so it'll just be kind of a matter of like deciding what you want to do, what you want to accomplish during that six month period, and then kind of leaning in and relying on this community to support you throughout it. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I'm going to have some experts coming in to share with people about, you know, things like nutrition, which I'm not, you know, trained to speak directly on um, people to talk about all different types of productivity and wellness things with you, um, finances, all of that. And I'll have podcast episodes to kind of support you and motivate you each morning and pod, uh, sorry, blog posts and all kinds of resources for you. So I keep kind of telling people, you know, you're not just buying a planner, you're buying a lifestyle and a community to support you. And this is not going to be the planner that you buy and find six months later on the shelf. Like, I'm committed to making sure you fill out the pages and do the work and feel great about it. And I think that's going to kind of consume my life for the next, you know, foreseeable future. But that's, you know, that's the dream I've had for a decade now. And I'm just excited that it is here. Awesome. Well, I cannot wait to see that all come to fruition and I'm excited to um, get my planner and be a part of it. So Danny, where can we find the Daily Page Planner? You can go to dailypageplanner.com and that'll give you access to all the various options. So you have the Daily Page Planner in the spiral bound format, the notepad, the printable, or the iPad digital planner. And then you can also take 10% off with the code HONEY, all caps, when you check out. Awesome. So thank you so much, Danny, for sharing with us and for creating this awesome product um, and sharing all of your productivity and sustainability and hydration tips for us. This was such a like multifaceted, useful episode. I hope people got a lot out of it. Oh, Lauren, thank you so much for having me. And I hope that we can get together in real life, maybe even on this side of the world sometime. Yes, me too. That is always my goal. I am such a um, internet stalker, but I will show up at your house. Um, <laughs> Well, thank you so much, guys. You can find Danny and links to her in the show notes at lauren-likes.com slash podcast and connect with her and grab your own daily planner and get started accomplishing your goals and supporting sustainability in the world. So thank you guys so much for listening and we will uh, meet you back here next week for another episode of How She Creates. Thank you so much for listening to How She Creates. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to know more about the show, please visit lauren-likes.com slash podcast and be sure to sign up for the newsletter to know when new episodes are out and to stay up to date with all of the crafty creative happenings around here. If you would take a moment to leave a rating and review on iTunes, that would be so helpful to let me know what you thought of the show and share with all your friends on Instagram by tagging me at laurenlikesblog and using the hashtag howshecreates. Until next week, I hope you get curious and go explore something. 